Hey, all you spooky listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Morbid Curiosity, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. I'll be taking you through some of the most heinous, shocking, and morbid crimes, including, of course, the paranormal. Listener discretion is advised. Don't forget to check me out on Instagram at morbid, period, curiosity, period, TC podcast, where you can find photos related to our cases, including crime scene photos on occasion, of course, with the exception of postmortem photos. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode number seven. So this week, our episode is about Isesagawa, um, aka the Kobe cannibal. Um, This man was born in Japan, so I may mispronounce his name, even though I have practiced literally for like three days, but I'm pretty sure I got it down, so you'll have to forgive me. Um, Another thing, please, if you cannot stomach very, very graphic photos, do not look this man up. Um, If you want to see what he looks like, go to our Instagram. It is morbid, period, curiosity, period, TC podcast. I have posted the most non-graphic photos that I could find, which is very far and few in between. Um... I do have photos of the crime scene just as a warning, and in one of the photos, you will see meat on plates. Uh, Just be warned. Um, It looks like raw chicken, but it is not chicken, so just so you guys know before you jump on there. Um, Otherwise, if you go on Google and look them up, you're going to find, like, very horrendous photos of cannibalism, Um, so just, you know. Use discretion when trying to uh, look him up. Um, Our sources for today, though, I have a few that I pulled from. Um, So I have a-osborne.medium.com. I have Wikipedia. I have historyofyesterday.com, thecasualcriminalist.com, and I think a few others um, that I may or may not have grabbed. I forgot. Um, But it's going to be a long one, so... Hang in there, um, and we'll get started. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, so early in life, Issei Sagawa was born April 26th in 1949 in Kobe, Hyogo Prefecture to his wealthy parents. Um, Sagawa's father was a businessman who served as a CEO of a water company. For his mom, I'm not really sure what she did. I could not find anything about his parents, uh, mainly just about him and you know our murder so he was born premature he actually almost died before his mother was able to give birth to him and because he was premature he did suffer from a number of serious health issues including enteritis um, which is like a disease that impacts the intestines um sagawa recalled in his childhood him his brother His dad and his uncle would play a game to where one of them was a monster that would hunt them and cook them in a pot. Um, He enjoyed the game and constantly searched for fairy tales that involved horror or gore or being eaten by monsters. Um, One of his favorite stories was Hansel and Gretel. Uh, So like where the witch was fattening up Hansel and Gretel, that way she could eat them. Um, he was smaller than other kids. Uh, he was definitely shy, a loner, and quiet. Um, but despite his isolation, he was very intelligent and did very well in school. His parents, especially his mother, she pampered him, like, all the time because he was so small and frail. Um, now his dad, he spared no expense to ensure that he had everything he needed to succeed in his life. So in junior high, he just got weirder. Um, Sagawa started to become more attracted to the European art, literature, and culture. Um, He especially liked the romanticism and imagery of women, um, which will come in later as well. So he wasn't really interested in Japanese women. Uh, He really was obsessed with like Western and European women. 
So he often fantasized about sexually caressing them and eating them. Um, in his writings, excuse me, in his writings, uh, he mentions a fantasy that he had was when he was a teenager. Um, quote, voyeuristically spying on a well-built western goddess as she showered, then creep up on her and viciously strangle her from behind with a belt. The idea of throttling a naked woman to death was now a vital component to the illusion, end quote. Um, so he did realize, eh, my fantasies aren't that normal. So he did seek mental health at the age of 15. He called a psychiatrist, um, but when he was told that he had to come in person, he was too embarrassed and refused to end up going. So instead, he did tell his brother about his cannibal fantasies, and his brother um, pretty much had nothing to say. He listened to him, and he said, okay, kind of thing. Um, so he didn't even try to help him as well. Um, Sagawa also claimed during his childhood, he participated in bestiality. Um, now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what he said in an interview, so, ugh, it makes me, makes me nauseous, but he said in an interview with Vice that he used to have his dog lick him off. Um, he fantasized about biting on classmates' thighs. Um, he did refer to one person, um, not by name, of course, but it was a young guy. Um, he said that he was just beautiful and, like, his thigh was just, like, really great looking kind of thing and he fantasized about his thigh quite a bit and then um but mainly he fantasized and daydreamed of white women or um foreigners in 1972 he planned his first cannibal attack he was studying literature at waco university in tokyo and while studying there he was receiving private lessons to learn german from another woman um, one day, he followed her home. He snuck into her apartment, which was on the ground floor, and found her asleep naked in her bed. He was planning to hit her over the head with an umbrella and knock her out before getting a knife from her kitchen to cut up her buttocks to eat it and or take it with him. Um, but uh, like, fortunately, she woke up because he was stupid and brushed his knees against her stomach on accident, so she screamed, woke up, pushed him, and fled. Um, this attempt was failed, of course. Uh, it was super traumatic for him because he didn't succeed, and he finally decided to go see a therapist or a psychiatrist in person. Uh, he admitted what he had done the night before to the psychiatrist, and of course they were like, no, that's not okay, and they contacted police, um, stating that he was a danger to society. He was arrested and charged with attempted rape because that's what they thought, you know, he was going to do. However, you got to remember, the parents are wealthy. What did they do? The dad intervened, paid off the woman to drop the charges, and Sagawa was set free. Uh, instead of dealing with his son's issues, his father financed his education further by sending him off to France to do a Ph.D. in literature at the Paris Sorbonne University. So after moving to Paris, he did leave Tokyo April 26, 1977, at the age of 28. That was on his birthday. Um, Sagawa moved to France with a clean slate because the charges never stuck um, after, you know, they were dropped after the victim was paid off. So he stated in a Vice interview, quote, my desire to eat a woman had changed into an obligation, end quote. So not only did he fail the first time, but he became absolutely obsessed with trying to kill and cannibalize a woman. He started bringing prostitutes home every night. He would sleep with them, fantasize about killing them and eating them, but ultimately would be left unsatisfied. He attempted hundreds of times to either strangle, stab, or shoot the women while they were there, whether they were in the shower, in the bed, had their back turned to them, but he can never go through with it. Now, I have found two quotes. So one was, quote, almost every night I would bring a prostitute home and try to shoot them, but for some reason my fingers froze up and I couldn't pull the trigger, end quote. 
The other one was, quote, rather than morals and whatnot, it was an instinct that stopped my hand from moving. Somewhere in my mind, I knew that I and the world that I lived in would shatter to pieces the moment that I pulled that trigger, end quote. And then came along Renee Hardevelt. So Renee um, Hardevelt was a Dutch woman. She was 25 years old. She was beautiful, and she stood about 5'10", um, which was more than a foot taller than um, Zagawa. Uh, she was also studying at the same university, um, studying literature, same time as he was. He approached her when he saw her on the train. Um, he sat beside her, started a conversation. They had a friendly chat, and they became acquaintances. So he continued to talk to her again and, and again after their lectures, um, after class. He was able to get a group of classmates, including Renee, to go out after class for a meal. He had formed a study group and friendships with Renee and some other classmates. Now, since he was Japanese, he invited the group to visit his apartment for some authentic Japanese food. However, on the day of his dinner, all of the students of his study group backed out except for Renee. Because of his awkwardness and his appearance, um, Sagawa was regarded as a weird by most classmates, but Renee was kind enough to still accept his invitation and the friendship. They had a good dinner um, and conversed about various topics such as art, music, culture, and language, probably some other stuff. Um, he had not expected Renee to come alone, and he definitely wasn't ready to attempt to murder her, so instead he asked her to be his tutor in German. Now, since Renee was fluent in English, French, and German, she needed the money, so she accepted. Uh, they made plans to meet again at his apartment, and he would pay Renee for her lessons using the money his father provided for his life in France. This is a quote I found about Renee that he made. Quote, I am amazed. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Tall, blonde, with pure white skin, she astonishes me with her grace. I invited her to my home for a Japanese dinner. She accepts. After the meal, I asked her to read my favorite German expressionist poem. As she reads, I can't keep my eyes off of her. After she leaves, I can still smell her body on the bed sheet where she sat reading the poem. I lick the chopsticks and the dishes she used. I can taste her lips. My passion is so great. I want to eat her. If I do, she will be mine forever. There is no escape from this desire. End quote. So after his quote, I tried to dig. Um, I tried to find anything and everything about Renee. And I cannot find anything about Renee. I cannot find what her grave looks like. I can't find other photos besides if you Google her, unfortunately, you see a bunch of gruesome photos from her being dismembered and cannibalized. Um, I managed to find maybe two to three normal photos of her alive and being happy and smiling. Other than that, I cannot find any details about our victim, which is very sad. Um, all I know is she was Dutch and she was 25 when she passed. And unfortunately, that's all. Um, so his plan was this. Uh, the first lesson when Renee arrived at his place, he panicked. Um, he could not go through with his plan. Uh, he chickened out pretty much. And Re Renee left the night after reading some German poetry. Um he forced himself to overcome his fears and to kill her the next time she came over. The next lesson, as Renee was sitting on the floor reading German to him, he took out a 22 caliber rifle he had bought for protection while in France out of a cabinet. Um, he slowly moved behind her, aimed at her neck, pulled the trigger. The gun was jammed. It didn't fire. Once again, he failed at killing Renee. He then hurried the rifle back into the cabinet and continued the German lesson. 
she had no idea that he just tried to kill her. And I feel as if she would have just turned around like she would have knew, you know, like she could probably overpower him. No problem. Just like the other woman did, especially if he doesn't have a weapon. Um, but that's just, that's just crazy. You, you almost get murdered, but you don't, you don't even know it. And you just continue like nothing happened. So again, his cannibal fantasy murder plan fails. Um, Unfortunately, though, the next time that she came over, she would never leave again, ever. Um, Thursday, June 11th, 1981, Renee again returned to Sagawa's apartment for another German lesson. This time, Sagawa asked if he could record her while she read his favorite poem in German. Now, she was sitting at his desk per him, per the Vice interview that he did, um, which in the photo, her face would be back, or excuse me, her back would be facing the door. So she wouldn't even see anything coming at all whatsoever, just like last time when she was sitting on the floor. So once again, he took the rifle from the cabinet, aimed it at the back of her neck and pulled the trigger. This time though, the gun actually fired and Renee fell to the floor um, from the desk with the chair. So she first collapsed on the desk and then fell over and the chair fell over. He was so shocked that he actually just done what he had planned forever and passed out supposedly. And when he awoke, he found that she was dead in the middle of the floor, laying there. And he done his fantasy, like it was completed. So he made a quote and it says, I realized I am a cannibal, end quote. Um, unfortunately, Renee's murder was not his final act. Um, this man is deranged. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a huge trigger warning. Although in the beginning, I do say listener discretion is advised. I'm going to say this because this is pretty brutal. Um, so please, if you cannot handle very gruesome details, I need you to tune in next week for another episode, um, and skip this one because it's about to get pretty bad. So let's continue. So after discovering what he did after he awoke, the first thing that he did to Renee was strip her naked. He did have sexual relations with her corpse multiple times. Um, a number I cannot give you. He then decided he wanted to try to eat her buttocks. Um, he did try to bite her with his bare teeth. Um, per him, he could not break her skin. So he had to go to the market for a butcher knife. In the middle of it, yes, he did stop, go to the market. He did buy a curved meat knife, he said and came back. So while having an erection, he did attempt to eat a breast. Um, he said that it was nasty because it was pretty much just all fat and there was no meat like he expected. So he quit. Like that was a failed attempt at cannibalism again. Um, from what I understand, he did eat a, her nipple. Um, and at some point, whether he cut it off or bit it off, he does not know. Um, he did eat her nose and a part of her lip. Um, the fatty buttocks, he ate raw. He said that it tasted like tuna sashimi. He then sexually abused her corpse again. He moved Renee to the bathtub. And this is where he continued to... Um, this, this is, yeah, it's kind of hard, guys. It's, it's kind of a hard one. He continued to carve up and dismember her in the bathtub, as well as eat various parts of her torso, legs, and arms raw. Um, he cut off her muscle and the meat. And the fatty parts of Renee's body, he put them in 
bags in his freezer for meals that he was going to cook later. Now, he supposedly used an electric meat slicer, but he did not confirm that in this interview. And let me tell you, he was like, he was, he was fine talking about this, of course. So he was very well, um, he detailed everything, um, besides what he ate of her. Uh, this was from a, another report, but he, he, he gave all the details. That's, that's for sure. So I feel like if he used an electric knee slicer, he probably would have said it. So, um, he then took Renee's clothes and disposed of them in various areas around the neighborhood. Um, supposedly he kept her pants, although again, not verified. Uh, he purchased a couple of suitcases also from the store. Um, he stuffed all of the body parts that he did not want to eat in them. He then um, caught a cab. Now, this is what gives me the chills. Um, he did go off to the lake in, I'm going to say this wrong. I did practice it. I'm so sorry. But boys de belong, belong, belong to dump the suitcases. Um, but when the cab driver picked up the suitcases, he made a joke about why they were heavy. And he made a joke like, uh -huh, these are so heavy. Do you have a body in here or something? Now, that's not a direct quote, but that's just what he said in the interview. He made a joke about them being a dead body in there. He said that he told him, oh, they're just books. It's just books in there. Don't worry about it. It's just books. The guy believed him, packed up the suitcase in the back of the car, took him off to the lake. Um, now, the lake was peaceful. Um, he was not expecting it to be busy, though. Um, he actually found people still sunbathing um some families outside so he was like oh crap so he had to find a quiet place to go uh he found like a little hill he pushed the suitcases down like a slope or a little hill um and he said that the sun was setting on the lake he said everything turned red and beautiful um he started watching this old man and a child like um, across the lake and he was just like amazed by the scene and um, he was just taking it all in right so next thing he knows he hears a person scream um, he turned around and was like saw this man opening one of the suitcases he asked if the man asked him if it was his he said no the man opened it and screamed murderer to a woman upon the hill, he said. And Sagawa said, I simply just walked away. Simply just walked away. Later that night, he took parts of Renee he kept in the fridge or freezer and cooked them in a frying pan. Um, sometimes eating them with peas, uh, salt and pepper, mustard, some other stuff. Um, he said, despite claiming the meat was chewy and didn't have much flavor, he felt sexually aroused every time when he ate pieces of her. So after the murder, four days later, he was arrested. Uh, quote, the public has made me the godfather of cannibalism, and I am happy about that, end quote. Um, that was a quote that he said. So, in police custody, Sagawa explained in detail of his crime and his motives. He claimed that now that since he had committed cannibalism and murder, he wouldn't have to do it again. Um, we all know how that goes. But after his arrest, his father flew to his aid, of course, in France, paid for the top lawyers to represent him, and awaited trial. Shocker, there was no trial. He was held in prison for two years until a judge declared him insane and sent him to an asylum for the criminally insane instead of sending him to prison. While in the asylum, he wrote about his ordeal and it gained a lot of public interest. So much so that a famous Japanese writer, now guys forgive me, I practiced this a million times and I still mess his name up, so I apologize. Inahiko Yamoda came to visit him in France. He wrote a book called In the Fog, 
about Sagawa and published it. Uh, the book was instantly a bestseller in Japan. These people are crazy. Sorry. You're going to support a freaking cannibalist. Anyway, uh, just so you guys know, if you look the book up, I don't know if it's this one or another one, but they actually have photos of her cannibalized and dismembered in this book. So the people who read this book are just as insane as he is. Just saying. Um, so anyway, Sagawa's own writing has also became famous and started gaining celebrity status. Yes, he did commit cannibalism and, and freaking you know, like other crazy stuff. And now he's famous in Japan. How crazy is that? No, no justice for Renee has ever been done, by the way, besides maybe that two short years in prison. Um, not only in Japan, but in France. Um, now his case started becoming wider known and the pictures of her body were even leaked and published in French magazine. How insane is that? The French government realized that keeping him in France would be troublesome, and they decided to port, deport him back to Japan. Now, before he could be treated um, at a psych ward, um, they he had to be like interrogated by three psychiatrists who obviously found him mentally insane, right? So, before being treated, they deported him back to Japan. So, once arrived, um, the Japan officials said, eh, maybe you're not mentally insane, but maybe you have a personality disorder. So, with that, he couldn't get treatment. He didn't have to be in a, in a, a psych ward because he has a personality disorder. They released him. They forced him to leave the hospital without treatment, per him anyway. No job, no money. He got a call from the media one day uh, in relation to another serial killer, kidnapper, murderer, and they wanted him to write an article for 10 to 20 grand for this article, which eventually led him to write 20 books, um, including one with a manga artist. That was the creepiest one that I found. Um, more so, like, than, than photos of her, you know, cannibalized. This manga artist, this book is creepy. I ain't even gonna lie. This book is creepy. Don't look it up because you'll find other photos you don't want to see. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was creepy. And after the manga artist, the painter Kazuma... Nakagawa invited him to his studio after the murder and told him to paint landscapes instead of women portraits because they were like depraving. Um, but he was like, eh, I really like to paint women. So he pursued painting women, drawing women, whatever. Um, and somehow this depraved maniac is able to sell portraits of women that he is painted, drawn, whatever, internationally through a manager of his, which is crazy to me. So, uh, just a PSA for everyone in Tokyo, Japan, this man still lives there to this day and roams free on the streets. So, if you're a woman, please take precaution because, I'm sorry, once a cannibal, always a cannibal, in my opinion, especially if it took 30-something years for you to finally do it, and now that it's, quote, easy... Um, anything's possible. So just, you know, keep your, keep eyes in the back of your head, ladies. Um, not even just for this man, but for everybody, women, men, whatever. People are crazy nowadays. So keep, keep eyes in the back of your head. So we're going to go into like his freedom. Um, kind of get into that a little bit, some more detail for you. So, some more details about the asylum, his freedom, etc. Uh, that's what we're about to talk about now. So, he had a quote that says, When I see a beautiful girl riding the train, I feel like eating her. End quote. Now, mind you, this man is still free roaming Tokyo, Japan to this day. This man is now 72. So, I'm sure anybody could punch him in the throat and, you know, whatever. But... Still very dangerous, in my opinion, because just like Albert Fish, who was 
70 or whatever, he still managed to, uh, you know, pursue his murderous dreams and was um, able to do so. So, I think people at any age can accomplish what they really want to. So, just be cautious, women in Tokyo, Japan, please. Um, anyway, so a little bit more about the mental hospital. Um, when he returned to Japan, uh, the psychologist found him evil, but not insane. So there had been no trial. Uh, the French court had actually sealed all of the documentation and evidence that would be needed to charge him in Japan. For some reason, I don't know why they did that, they sealed everything. They uh, could not hand over anything to Japan authorities, um, so it was impossible to hold him. And they released him August 1986. Um, of course, like I said earlier, he's wrote plenty of books, whether it be about his prison time, his childhood, um, the art that he does. He paints nude female models. Ugh. He paints women, uh, writes poetry. He does interviews for magazines, TV, and he has even been in movies. It blows my mind. Um, blows my mind. Also, uh, did a little fun fact. He done a soft porno movie with a Japanese, uh, adult entertainment model and 24 hours, right? They spent 24 hours at his place. They tricked her into like making this movie with him. She did not know anything about this man. Other than, oh, I'm getting paid. It's just another porno, right? He showed her the book that contained the photos of Renee's um, dismembered and cannibalized body. And was like, yeah, I did that. Um, so, just so you know. And she was terrified. Sitting on his couch naked in a pink blanket. Terrified. And was like, ready to get the heck out of there. That's a whole nother story, um, but you guys can find that online too. Um, her name was Yuri. Um, anyway, so he's done a lot of stuff since murdering Renee, which blows my mind because this man should be either locked up or tied to a bed in a sane asylum like the old days. I don't believe in that for anybody but him, by the way, just so you know. But um, when interviewed by Vice Magazine, he was asked if he would ever eat another person again. This is what he said. Quote, The desire to eat people becomes so intense around June when women start wearing less and showing more skin. Just today, I saw a girl with a really nice derriere on the way to the train station. When I see things like that, I think about wanting to eat someone again before I die. So yes, I do still harbor these desires and I specifically want to eat a Japanese woman this time. I think either a skiyaki or a shabu shabu, which I could pronounce wrong. Uh, but they're like lightly bold, thin slices of meat. Um, is the best way to go in order to really savor the natural flavor of the meat. End quote. Ugh, this man's so disgusting. So... He also says, there's no doubt in my mind that I want to eat human flesh again. Uh, I mean, it's delicious stuff. It's widely believed that human meat doesn't taste good, but they only spread that rumor because it's taboo that can't be crossed. If people found out the truth, I'm sure that men would all start eating women. So they don't talk about it because it will create a pandemonium. But I tell you, human meat is extremely tasty, end quote. So unfortunately... Knowing all of this, uh, Sagawa has became pretty much infamous over in Japan and some parts of France. Um, with the 20 books, websites for fans, which, what is wrong with you? Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. The artwork he sells, whatever. Um, he's pretty much turned his crime into a moneymaker and has lived as a free and privileged man despite taking the life of a young and beautiful woman. Now, in 2013, he suffered from a cerebral infraction um, or infection. I could have mistyped that. 
but uh, he lives at home in Tokyo um, by himself. Uh, his brother and his caregivers come daily to assist him, you know, with his life, his daily life. And although he had support from his parents, especially financially from his dad, it seems that it was the wrong kind of support, obviously. Um, rather than teach Sagawa about the importance of life and respect for women, his parents enabled him to fulfill his disgusting and gruesome habits of wanting to stalk, rape, assault, murder, and cannibalize women. Had his father made Sagawa pay for his first set of actions when he attempted to cannibalize the German tutor in Tokyo or when he was in prison in France, he might have learned a lesson. Instead, he became a freaking celebrity, enjoyed spouting his views on cannibalism, and earned a living from describing his murder and subsequent eating of Renee. This man blows my mind. Like, I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, blows my mind. Now, the celebrity cannibal continues to live his life, but hopefully times have changed and he no longer has a spotlight as he did before. Uh, media outlets and other entertainment have distanced themselves from him and his content. Um, justice, unfortunately, was never served in Renee's case and um, he still remains unpunished, um, unfortunately. Um, now, the silver lining around this, though, is that because he is so widely known in Japan and abroad, he most likely will never be able to commit such a horrendous crime again, hopefully. Um, now, he did meet another woman named Rhonda, who he dated for quite a while. Um, him, Rhonda, and her best friend, Talia, had actually went on many trips together. He has a photo book of them naked, of them doing, like, some crazy stuff, you know, um, that he said, ew, they wanted to do, and I just took photos. Who knows if that's the truth. But Talia's boyfriend eventually found out about what he had done, and they just all fell out of touch, is what he explained it as. But I'm pretty sure Talia was like, eh, this man cannibalizes women. Are you insane? We're not talking to him anymore. You're not dating him. It's done. At least that's how I would be if I was her best friend. So after that, he has stated that he has graduated from Western women. And that is his words. Um, and he only likes Japanese women from Okinawa at the moment. Earlier um, about the soft porno that I was talking about. Um, her name was, this is her adult entertainment name now. Don't, don't, this is not her real name. But Yuri Satunaka, uh, she was 21 at the time when they made this, uh, porno together. Um, like I said, she was tricked into making this with him. They never, the producer knew about it. Never told her. Um, Sakawa never told her until after, 24 hours after their shoot, after they've already had sex and done everything that they needed to do for the video, he was like, oh yeah, here's a book. Um, this is this is what I've done previously, just so you know. And let me tell you, in that book were photos of Renee cannibalized. Please don't look the book up. Please don't look, don't look anything up in this case up if you don't want to discover some gruesome stuff. Um, I was not aware that it was out there either, because normally that stuff is not out there, but he published a book with that in there, guys. Like, this man is deranged. This man's insane. But he gave her this book and said, yeah, here's what I did. And she was sitting there mind blown, right? Now, afterwards, though, they actually became pretty close friends, um... And he claims due to their friendship, this obsession that he has with women has kind of slowly changed. I doubt it, but, you know, whatever. My opinion's just my opinion. 
Um, he stated in an interview, though, um, when he feels cannibalistic urges, he just masturbates to, like, suppress it. Um, <laughs> fun fact, though, he has become impotent and cannot masturbate now. So, he's lost the, um, like, he's lost the way to suppress his cannibal desires. So, he fears that it might emerge again. Um, now, he was 61, I believe, in the interview with Vice. You can go watch it. It's very insightful about him as a person and how crazy he is. Um, but he still doesn't know why he has the urges or desires or what they're about. Um, doesn't know how he got them. It just kind of happened, he said. Uh, he stated that here recently, uh, more than an urge to eat someone, he has the urge to die. Uh, he does want to die suffering slowly, though. He said he wants to be torn apart by a beautiful woman. And that is his death fantasy. So we're getting towards the end of our episode today. But just a few more facts for you guys. Some of these may be repeats. Um, but these are just more in detail. So nowadays, I think he is 72 years old from what I could find on Google. Uh, living alone in Tokyo, Japan, roaming free as we speak, doing what he wants. Um, his brother and some caregivers check in on him, supposedly, on the daily. But who's to say that's not true? Um, the reason why her photos of her dismembered and cannibalized were leaked was um, 1985. Uh, they were leaked by a popular French magazine, actually. So, um, the people of France were horrified and outraged. Um, the one reporter was arrested for publishing the photos. There were more than 200,000 copies of them in magazines. Uh, they were seized by law enforcement. The scandal surrounding the photos also spurred members of the French justice system to find a way to deal with a notary caused by the celebrity cannibal, which, of course, is why they deported him eventually. Some other facts. Uh, we all know and talked about how he was deported back to Japan, um, never served time in prison for his crimes, nor was he ever treated mentally. Um, his lawyer, fun fact, um, convinced the French authorities that he would receive better treatment in a Japanese facility. Um, they did not want to help the Japanese authorities persecute him, which, you know, led to the sealing of documents, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why he's free today. So thank you, France, <laughs> France authorities, French authorities. Thank you. Um, he Wrote multiple newspaper columns, 20 books, like I said earlier. He's appeared on freaking cooking shows, people. Lit. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand how people are just like, oh, you viciously murdered someone. Let, let's put you on a cooking show. It's awesome. So, on the cooking show, though, he's wrote restaurant reviews for a Japanese magazine. He's appeared on cooking shows where he's eaten raw meat an obvious nod to the murder and cannibalism to Renee. Um, he's also been a guest on a number of Japanese talk shows, although his popularity has declined in recent years, rightfully so, um, largely because he is trying to avoid work that capitalizes on his status as a famous cannibal and murderer. He sells paintings of nude women, to support himself. So whoever's buying his paintings, I'm gonna need y'all to stop. I'm gonna need y'all to stop supporting this heinous murderer, please. Mm. Um, again with the soft core porn. Um, he was in an adult film in which he pretended, pretended, good lord, pretended to cannibalize the woman. You know, I have the name of the porno too, guys. Um, please don't look it up. Please, please, please don't look it up. 
He appeared in Unfaithful Wife, Shameful Torture, a low-budget porno movie that was released in 1992. The film is about an underground club in Tokyo where women allow themselves to be drugged and subjected to fetish sex. In the movie, someone starts killing and dismembering the female members of the club, resulting in a disturbing mix of sex and extreme violence. <sighs> That's all I gotta say. Ugh. When Sagawa appears in the film, he pretends to eat a woman's buttocks. Again, capitalizing on the infamy he gained from killing and cannibalizing Renee. Sorry if I'm screaming in your ears, guys, but oh my god. Like, how many times do we have to let this man, like, I don't know if degrade is the right word, but how many times are we going to let him boast about killing and cannibalizing this young woman? And, like, she is so overshadowed by what he done to her like you can't even google renee without finding her cannibalized photos you can't find what she liked to do with her life her hobbies what you know like can't find any of that and it's it's it breaks my heart it really does it just breaks my heart um he does still say that he does have a desire to eat people today uh, 2022. Yes, he still he still likes to eat people or wants to. Um, uh, like I said earlier, uh, like I said earlier, he said that about the lady on the train. You know, like she looks like she tastes good or whatever. Like he still wants to eat people. Uh, he's old and frail, so he probably would get punched in the throat nowadays. And as someone should punch him in the throat hopefully no one encounters him um i still feel like they can be dangerous i don't care how old they are just like albert fish everybody thought it was a young guy because you know like whatever but it's this old man it's gross anyway so he also thinks um his desire to eat renee might have been satisfied if she would allow him to have drank her urine and ate her uh, pubic hair. Yes, you heard me correctly. Um, also, he said that to the porno actress, um, Yuri, that in a, you can see it in Vice interview, um, that he wanted to drink her urine and do whatever. So, he's nasty and a pervert and gross. And I feel like he should get hit by a train. Anyway, uh, after his graduate program, this is another thing that I pulled from the Vice interview, he said that he wanted to travel to Greece. So he went on a luxury, excuse me, a luxury cruise line or a boat as he described it, um, where he actually met a butcher and his wife. He sat with them. He conversed with them. They knew nothing. And this man actually told him how to... Uh, cut up meat and stuff. After he murdered Renee, Sakawa wrote a freaking thank you letter to this butcher. The butcher probably like, it blew his mind probably. I can only imagine. Thanks for telling me how to cut, uh, cut up meat. Like I killed this lady. Like what do you, ugh, why, 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 why? Anyway, he wrote a thank you letter, and of course, he never responded, which I don't blame him. Um, <laughs> would you respond? Probably not. So, um, yeah. Yep, that's that's all for our episode number seven. I'll try to take it easy on you guys next Monday. I'll try to pick something that's not cannibalistic um, or too crazy. Um, I know we did an alien episode last week. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I had such fun making that episode. So we'll, we'll do like something a little bit, um, less crazy next week, just so you guys can take a break. This, this episode was a little crazier than I thought it was going to be, but once I jumped in the rabbit hole, I could not stop. And this is the episode that I ended up choosing to do. So, 
Um, also, the 2010 interview with him with Vice, if you guys want to watch it, you're more than welcome to. Um, I am not your mama. I can't tell you not to watch it, but I will say from one weirdo to another, uh, viewer discretion is supervised for that video because they show her dismembered and cannibalized photos in that uh, interview, uh, which is a very bold choice, um, but they do. Uh, but there's a lot of information that like blew my mind that he stated out of his mouth that he can just go around saying without getting put in prison. Like, anyway, there's details in there. There's photos, um, the interview with the porno actress, Yuri's on there. Her reaction to finding out is on there. Like, it's pretty intense. It's like 33 minutes or 30 minutes or something. So, you can feel free to check it out. I'll post the uh, link uh, on Instagram for you guys. If you want, because if I say it, it's going to be a whole hot mess of stuff. So, um, yeah, I'll post a link for you guys if you wanted to go watch it. Or you can look it up. Just type in 2010 Vice Interview and then his first and last name. You'll find it. But I just don't want you guys to accidentally happen to cross, a, across anything, you know, that you don't want to see. So, um, like I said, like I said, warning, the, the her photos are in there. Postmortem photos are in there. So, just uh, keep that in mind when you go watch it, if you watch it. So. But thanks for tuning in today. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. As always, um, feel free to email me any case suggestions that you would like to hear about. Um, you can email me at morbidcuriositytcpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send me suggestions um, or stories of your own that you find that are crazy or, you know, almost encounters with, you know, crazy stuff. So feel free to send those in. So that's all for today's episode, guys. Tune in next week for another riveting case. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out my Instagram at morbid period curiosity period TC podcast for photos related to each case covered. Feel free to email me case suggestions as well at morbidcuriositytcpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I appreciate all you spooky listeners. Stay kind, stay spooky, and don't murder anyone. <laughs>